0: The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM serial. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the Voice of the Cape. Salim Sound Heart Assalamu Alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program, Kalbun Saleem. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson and within this segment we are looking at Tajweed Simplified and that is with none other than Hafida wasfia Al-Talib where she is going to be doing an introduction to Tajweed based on the book Murshid Al-Kari and that is by Kari Salim wa Assalamualaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh It's an absolute pleasure being in studio here today with you and I'm very excited to be sharing the science of Tajweed with everyone today We'll start with our Du'a Bismillah rahman Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana. Glory be to you, Allah. There is absolutely no knowledge for us except that which You teach us. Allahumma 'alimna ma yanfa'una Allah teach us that which will be beneficial to us and increase us in knowledge. Amin. Rabbil I'll be reading the foreword of the book Murshid al-Qari, a textbook on the sciences of Tajweed, Book One by Qari Salim Kabe. So we'll be doing this book. So it will be very beneficial if you can get yourself a copy of the book from any Islamic bookstore in Cape Town. Uh, so he says this book is intended for the beginner in Tajweed. The term beginner is used loosely as it still requires him or her to at least be familiar with the letters of the Arabic alphabet before being able to take maximum benefits from this book. So he's saying you need to be able to at least recognize all of the Arabic letters for being able to go through this book with. Thus, So the book aims at equipping the student with all the basic rules and theory of Tajweed and therefore won't present too many examples as its focus is the theory. Thus without saying even though the student will get to understand the theory with the aid of this book, he or she still requires an able teacher for the practical aspects of Tajweed. Even though this book is in an English medium since it's aimed at the English speaking person It will maintain many of the technical terms used in Tajweed, which are originally in Arabic. By translating absolutely everything into English, the true essence and last of Tajweed is lost. This is the first in a series of books. This book is aimed at simplifying the rules of Tajweed for the beginner. Only after understanding and mastering the first book should the student attempt the second. The second book will be written on a higher level. To understand it, the pupil should first master the first book, in other words this book, and in this manner by completing all the books in the series, the student would be exposed to all aspects concerning tatooied, being deliberated in the internet arena and by experts alike. So I will be trying as much as possible to use the English and you will see the Arabic in the book as we go along. Introduction to tajweed we first need to know what does read actually mean? It literally it means to do something well and we'll come across this a lot, there'll be a technical meaning and then there'll be a literal meaning. Literally it means to do something well but then what does it actually mean? so technically meaning according to the Qurra, who are the experts in the science of Tajweed it means to pronounce every letter from its point or place of origin together with all of its characteristics. So see there if you follow along in the book you'll see he mentions the words mahraj and sifat. So mahraj is the point to a place of origin, where the letter comes from in your mouth, and the characteristics So, that. In Tajweed, we'll be discussing the letters of the Arabic alphabet. What is the ruling of Tajweed? Like, do we have to know it? Is it just something that's nice to know? The ruling is that it's farouqifaya to learn all of the rules of Tajweed, but it's faradain to recite the Quran with Tajweed. Farouqifaya means that if at least one person in the community performs it, the responsibility falls away from the rest of the society. But if no one performs it, then the whole community will be answerable for its negligence and means that it's required from every single person. What I would recommend is that you make it upon yourself to learn the rules of Tajweed simply because from my own experience, once you know the rules, your recitation becomes so much better. The benefit of learning Tajweed is that we protect ourselves from making mistakes in the Qur'an, mistakes that we are aware of or mistakes that we may be not even aware of. Um, there are two types of mistakes, so there are clear mistakes and there are hidden mistakes. So a clear mistake means that anybody listening to the station can hear that a mistake has been made, and it's haram to recite like this on the condition that the reciter is aware that he's making a mistake and he's making absolutely no effort to correct his recitation. And there are four of these type of mistakes. For example, adding a letter, the first one, for example, Alhamdulillah, so there is adding a wow by saying, pulling that wow, alhamdulillah, instead of just alhamdulillah. The second one is omitting a letter, for example, by saying, lam yalida wa lam yulad, instead of yulad. The third one is changing a letter, for example, by saying, alhamdulillah, instead of alhamdulillah. The fourth and last one is changing a, a vowel. A vowel is a haraka. For example, we're saying Alhamdulillah instead of Alhamdulillah. And then the hidden error is when the reciter makes mistakes in the temporary characteristics of the letters, for example, in not filling the mud. And it's called a hidden error because only somebody who is while versed in the science of Tajweed would be able to pick up the mistake and it's makruh, it's just like to recite the Qur'an like this if the reciter is aware that he's making this mistake and he's making absolutely no effort to rectify his recitation. So just from personal experience as a hif student or you know having to recite a lot of Qur'an after having completed memorization, you do tend to leave out mud sometimes or you know not pull as long as you're supposed to or not rest on the dhun as long as, as you supposed to, simply because you've got so much recitation to get through. In that case, at least, you know, it's we shouldn't be saying, oh, at least it's only makru but at least it's not haram for us to do so. So it's important that we know what the rulings of these things are. We'll be moving on to the very first segment of Tajweed, which is the vowels, harakat, And the harakat in Arabic are indicated by means of a system of strokes above and below the letters. Every letter in Arabic is provided with a vowel sound a haraka, or with a sign indicating its absence called a sukun. So when you say sukun it means there's no harakat on there. The vowels are as follows: a fatha, which is a small little diagonal stroke above the letter kasra; a small stroke below the letter, and a damma, a small little vowel above the letter. And the sign indicating the absence of a harakat is written directly above the letter, either as a little dot or a little half moon type of thing, and it's called a sukun. That the three harakat, the three vowels, and the absence of one is a Sukun, and then we learn about the Shaddah. The sign, as sign little w, is called a Tashdid or Shaddah, and the letter which bears a Tashdid is called mushaddad. The mushaddad letter is pronounced twice. So the first one always has a Sakin, and the second one with a Haruka. For example, the word Marwa. So you can hear the first part would be mawr, the second part would be ra, so when you say it together, mawr. The next uh, symbol to know is the tanwin, so tanwin means to add a nun sakina to the end of nouns. Even though this extra nun is not written, it is pronounced, and it's indicated by means of a double fatha, a double kasra, or a double dhamma, and it's pronounced as an, in, and un, respectively. So now I'll be expanding on the harakat. So I'm going to give you a quick test to see where your Tajweed level is at. So I'm going to recite two words. The first one I'll recite in two ways, and the second word I'll recite in two ways as well. So I need you to see whether you hear a difference between the two. If you hear a difference like night and day, then that's an indication your level of Tajweed is at a satisfactory level, alhamdulillah but if you can't differentiate between them and they sound the same to you and you don't decide with that difference between them then listen up to this program and you might want to stop what you're doing and take notes. First word is If you could hear a difference then you know your stuff but if it sounded exactly the same to you then we'll be learning about what this is all about. This first point that I'm covering now is clarity in recitation. A common mistake is that people don't open their mouth when they recite. They don't differentiate between every single letter. It just kind of sounds all mumbled in one go. If the vowel sounds are pronounced clearly, your recitation will have the clarity that it's meant to have. So not la, like, so the first, so let me explain what I said. The first time I said la," qa. All the harakat weren't recited, they all had fathas on them, but they weren't recited open. So fatḥa literally means to open. So you need to open your mouth when you recite them. Not holoco. Now that you're aware of it, when you recite, try and take note of every single letter, every single haraka, every letter. And once you now learn where the letters come from and what the characteristics are, you'll have so much confidence in reciting in and you'll want to recite more and more. So just on that note, I just want to just divert a little bit and say that Tajweed shouldn't be a barrier between you and the Qur'an. It should be an opening between you and the Qur'an. So for the first thing that you need to do at this point, if you're thinking, oh, wait, I actually don't recite with the clarity that I'm supposed to be reciting with, don't think, oh, barrier between me and the Qur'an, I'm reciting wrong, so I'm rather not going to recite. Rather think, I'm going to make an effort to recite even better now and even more clearly. And that's what Ramadan gives us the opportunity to do. So the letters that will have that R sound, like so the first time I said instead of The only letters w- that will have that R sound will be sa, da, gha, qha, qha, and ta. So these are the full mouth letters. So we remember them in one phrase as So that's how I remember all of the letters in that phrase. I love how the Arabs put together these phrases where you can just remember um, all of these combinations of letters, you know, just by, by learning one phrase. It is a very common area where we will say the R sound instead of the R sound. Like I gave the example only in word instead of and instead of And then the opposite is also what people sometimes do. I mentioned now the ones that it is the R sound like ha instead of Kha. So sometimes we will say like Khadija instead of so it's okay when you in common speech to speak that way, but when we recite in the Quran, it's important that we know how the letters are to be recited. Then the next one would be the kasra, the next vowel. So kasra literally means broken. So normally when something drops, it breaks. You have to drop your jaw in order to say the kasra correctly. For example, in the word maliki, liki. So you drop your jaw, you pull your lips back, and you pronounce that very clearly. E. It shouldn't be like just you know where you say the whole word together. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Next one would be. The Brahma, so I say that's a tiny little Wow that comes above the letters. For example, Waqimul Wazna. So in Surah Rahman, you can just say it very quickly, Waqimul And if you break it up and isolate it, you're not saying O. So when to say the O, you've got to push your mouth forward. Wow comes from the lips, so you circle the lips and you, you push the sound forward. O, Waqimul Wazna. Instead of just saying all together, we are, can't actually differentiate between every single letter and every single harakah. We are now on the Basmala and Isti'adha. Isti'adha means seeking refuge or protection. When mentioning the Isti'adha in Tajweed, we will discuss reciting Billahi uh, before starting recitation of the Qur'an. And basmala literally means to recite Bismillahirrahmanirrahim The basmala is also recited on commencing the recitation of the Qur'an And particularly at the beginning of surah Which is the plural of surah Which means chapter of the Qur'an If you follow along the book you'll see all the different terms that he uses And the different ways that the recitation can be started I'll just be doing the first one he says that we all find ourselves in three different situations regarding the Isti'ad and the Pasmala. Either when you're starting your recitation from the beginning of a surah, or you're starting your recitation in the middle of a surah, or you've already been reciting and now you're ending one surah and beginning another surah. In the first situation, there are four possible ways of reciting this. So the first way would be, to separate absolutely everything meaning to separate the isti'adah from the basmala to separate the basmala from the beginning of the surah so if you're wondering what on earth do I mean by this all I mean is a'udhu dhillahi mina shaytani stop rahim stop alhamdulillah okay so that was the first way the second way is to join absolutely everything so join the isti'adha to the basmala and the basmala to the beginning of the surah and again if you're wondering what am I talking about what I mean is to recite it as follows okay and then the next way is to separate the first from the second and meaning to separate the isti'adha from the basmala and then to join the basmala to the beginning of the surah. So for example, this is what I mean. rajim." Stop. bismillahir rahmanir الرحمن الرحيم And then the final way would be to join the first. So join this other to the basmala and separate the second. This is the basmala from the surah. So, what I mean by that is the following to recite as follows. Stop. Alhamdulillah. So those are the four ways that you can start your recitation. All these four ways are permissible. So this might be new to you. Maybe you just only knew about one way. Maybe you just knew, you know, you must recite this the other and then the Basmalah and then start the recitation of the Quran. But it would be nice to just, you know, practice all of these ways and, and have fun with it. So now moving on to, in the second situation, there are also four possible ways of reciting the isti'adha and the basmala, or which two are preferred. So Meulah naslim only covers the first two ways. First way is to separate the isti'adha from the basmala and to separate the basmala from the middle of the surah. So the example he gives is as follows. أعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ رَعُدْهِ سُرَبْ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ سُرَبْ ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ and then the second way is to join the isti'adah to the basmala and to separate the basmala from the middle of the surah. So when I say the middle, I don't mean precisely the middle of the surah. I just mean anything in the surah except for the first and last ayah. The example would be as follows. أعوذ <laughs> So he says that in this situation, the other two ways are not advised for the beginner to do. When you are going to be starting from the middle of the surah or from some other part of the surah, stick to the first two ways, which I think are the most common ways that you already know about. So we mentioned that the third situation is you've already been reciting the Qur'an, you're now finishing one surah, and now you're moving on to the next surah. So how do you do this? You don't say the isti'adah again, so you'll be having to say the basmalah. basmala again, a reminder, means to say bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In this third situation, there are also four possible ways of reciting it, but only three of these ways are allowed. The three ways that are allowed, the first one is to separate everything, meaning to separate the end of the first surah from the basmala, and the basmala from the beginning of the second surah surah then to join everything so to join the end of the first surah to the basmala and to join the basmala to the beginning of the second surah and the final way is to separate the first surah from the basmala and to join the basmala to the beginning of the second surah so the last way is not allowed because it would leave the impression that the basmala is part of the end of the first surah, which is not the case. And Mawlana Salim gives a note here where he says, The basmala should not be recited at the beginning of Surah Tawbah. Mulan Salim gives a nice synopsis of the study of Tajweed. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us in the Qur'an, وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ ترتيل. And recite the Qur'an with تَرْتِيلًا He says, Ali رضي الله عنه explains that Tartil is excellence in the recitation of the letters and having knowledge of Waqf. Waqf refers to stop the way you speak. There's Tajweed of the letters and then knowing the places of stopping as mentioned. Knowing Tajweed of the letters is broken up into the Makharij which is the places of articulation of the letters and the sifat. The sifat are the characteristics of the letters. The characteristics are further divided into permanent characteristics that the letters have and temporary characteristics that the letters have. And then he further goes on to separate the permanent characteristics as those that have opposites and those that don't have any opposites. So I'm not going to be going through Absolutely everything but I will just be touching on things that would be easy for us to apply inshallah. So we'll now be moving on to our recitation of a surah and we will be doing surah fatiha, inshaAllah. Okay, Bismillah rahim الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غَيْرِ I الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ ولا الْضَالِينَ Ameen. So there we, at the end of the surah, we had the ضَالِينَ which was our مَدْ لَازِمْ مُثَقَّل so permanent sukoon because we have the bo. That lamb has a sukun on it, that lamb has a shadda on it, so which means that the shadda indicates that there's actually two lambs next to each other, the first one having a sukun and the second one having a haraka. So, so we end off our segment with our du'a. And I really like this du'a because we basically are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants all of our actions to be done sincerely for His sake and that they not be in them a portion for other than Him. So Allahumma aj'al a'malana khalisa tali wajik wa la taj'al fiha hawdan Assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We have then reached the end of the program. Shukran so much to each and everyone for joining in in the program and I hope that you have benefited from that. Alhamdulillah. From myself, Yasmina Peterson, as well as everyone on board, being Zarina Talib, the producer, as well as shukran to Hafda Wasfiya Al-Talib for bringing us this beautiful and insightful segment being Tajweed Simplified. We bid you assalamu Alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and have a great day further. Al Bun